Well, and that's good because you and I met while I was married. Yes. You know. And I was with somebody. Well, not for very long. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hi, guys. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. (laughs) This is episode five of Hello and Goodbye. You have Leanna and Jared here. Yeah. Jared's back. I'm excited. He made the cut. (laughs) Survived another ep. Yeah. So we have an exciting episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about friendships, friends with benefits, falling for your friend, friendships that turn into relationships. So relationships that turn into friendships. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an interesting... We, we may get there. I was going to make a pun on friendships and relationships, like a friend-nationship, but then oh. I realized, oh, that's just friendship. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's a, what's a relationship that's like a friendship? It's like a friend... Oh, yeah, wait, like a, a Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I wanted to just kind of check in on our week and... My week was busy, and my big thing this week, relationship-wise, was like my partner is a smarty pants, and she's getting her doctorate, and so she had this like big exam, and so like that's a thing, right? Like, oh, so she did because I know last week you had talked about she was preparing for it. Did she take the exam? She took it. Okay. Yeah. Does she know yet? We don't know. Maybe we shouldn't broadcast that. <laughs> Like she didn't pass. She passed. We are rooting for you, Nicole. She's a smarty pants. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know. Okay. Just chilling. Well, I had an interesting week. I did one online date Mm. from Bumble. Mm -hmm. I went down to San Diego, met this guy. And I wouldn't have just driven down to San Diego for a date, but I stayed the night there. I got a hotel and and kind mm-hmm. of. Anyway, this guy asked me to just kind of keep to respect his privacy. Yeah, no, so, no details, no identifying details. So anyway, I'm just gonna talk very briefly. Basically, nothing came out of it. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. So I say overall, it was a positive experience. But I wanted to get your opinion on something, and so we're gonna circle back around to that in a second. Oh, we can't just do it now. Well, it's kind of deep. Oh, okay. Let's, okay, before we... We're going to come back to that. Okay. But before, I wanted to clarify our Bachelor obsession. Yes. Okay, so we talked about last episode, Jared and I watched The Bachelor on Monday nights. Did I get you into Bachelor? Or- yes. Okay. So the Bachelor series, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. There had been a few seasons that I had watched, but to be honest... It's really not my favorite thing. It's hard for me to sit down to find time to watch TV, period. Yep. And this is like, like anywhere from three to five hours of your life a week. Mm-hmm. This is a Yeah, I mean, when they throw commitment. that extra episode on you, I'm like, screw you, Bachelor Nation. Or all like, of a sudden they're like, you it's doing three hours oh, long. That's the worst. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of fun because Jared comes over to my mom's house mm-hmm. every week, either Monday night or sometimes Monday and Tuesday if it's a who knows if it's a double yeah and my mom makes us dinner that's lovely <laughs> so she makes us food mm-hmm. she makes homemade bread yeah we often have wine which i eat a lot of yeah i try to bring wine or, or ice, ice cream, cream or fruit or something and then we sit there and just bash the contestants for well it's not see i i think we're not overly negative but i think that's the that's the lovely thing about bachelor so i started watching it with some friends of mine when i was in grad school and I have a real weakness for reality TV. My master's is in counseling psychology. Like, I am obsessed with, like... What is your PhD in again? Higher education. Oh, okay. I study college student health behaviors. But 
I am like obsessed with human behavior and I just like love, like if I'm watching like a scripted sitcom where you know like something zany is gonna happen and then it's all gonna be resolved at the end. Like that's so <laughs> boring to me and like reality I'm like, what are these maniacs going yeah. to do next? It like it's so lovely. But I'm with you where I don't like watching it on my own. Like it's a social experience yeah. so you can be like, isn't that funny or I see where she's coming from here or all this stuff. And and I don't know. I think it's nice. So it's just a fun thing that we see each other every week. We mm -hmm. see each other at least once a week. So that's yep. really nice. I think my mom feels special that we go over to her house and spend time with her. Yeah. Well, and your mom is become important in my life because yes. my family is 3,000 miles away on the East Coast. So it's nice to have like that sort of family time and that like mom presence. And, yeah, yeah. And, my, and my mom's love language is making people food yes. and them enjoying it. Which and is actually my top love language that I want. Is eating food that people make for <laughs> No, you? it's like the service one. Oh, it's the acts like, of service. Yeah, like when someone's like, hey, I picked up that thing from the store that you said you needed. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's like one, me. It's like one less thing for me to worry about. And it like, that feels so See, wonderful. See, mine would be, Hey, I picked up this thing at the store, but you're so beautiful. <laughs> you're like, like, like all of them. Can once. you just keep telling yeah. me how beautiful mm -hmm. I am? And what did you get me? Yeah, exactly. Gifts where's the too. gifts? Yeah, where's the gifts? And the physical affection, yes. please. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so we watched Bachelor, but we're not going to talk about The Bachelor on this show. But that mm -hmm. is something fun that we do. Unless the fans demand it. Okay, so maybe we'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. Do you guys want us to go over? I feel like we've already lost some listeners. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's something significant that happens that we want to make a larger point yeah. about, maybe we'll delve. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds good. Okay. Okay, so then one more thing before you psychoanalyze my situation. Great. Because I'm really excited for this. Mm -hmm. We got an update on the guy with the rod in his oh, penis. Oh, I can't wait. I still, okay. Is yeah, the Jared update, has not read this. Is the update that it's not real? Because I find this so hard no, it's to it's real. Okay. It's real. Right. So I reached out to our listener oh, and I so said, excited. okay, we need more details on the rod in his penis for the next episode. So if you're not sure what, what I'm talking about, listen to our former episode on dating apps. Yeah. This uh, listener went out on a date with a guy who on the first date told her that he had a rod in his penis. Mm -hmm. So we just needed more information. Let's Wait, so this was just so I'm refreshing myself and maybe other listeners who don't remember all the details. Was this the guy who like, this wasn't the guy who brought flowers. Yeah, yeah, this is the same guy. Oh, the guy who brought flowers. He showed up on the first day, brought a, a, a dozen roses. of roses, <laughs> told her he had a rod in his penis, and then introduced her as his future wife to yeah. the waitress. Rod in the penis, least uh, problematic thing I out agree. of those three, in, yes. in my opinion. But, so okay. we just wanted to know, wanted to know what Yeah, it's like for. just, uh, yeah. So she said it's like some kind of penile implant device that helps him get an erection. Oh. I can't remember why you're so empathetic. <laughs> she goes, I can't remember why he said it. So the context he had asked previously why my last relationship had ended. I had told him that it was because my boyfriend didn't disclose some information to me that I thought was very important. So that's when he got paranoid and that's why he felt like he had to oh, tell her guy. about the rod in his penis. Now, now I feel bad for making fun of it. I mean, I like. I don't think we made fun of it. I think it's just a funny. No, it's just a, it's funny, a funny anecdote. Well, and it's a funny thing to say on a first date. I mean, you know, good for him for putting a rod in it so he can get hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think that's a great thing. It <laughs>
I think everyone should have the kind of intimacy that they want and yes. do what you got to yeah, do to get there. There you go. Right? Maybe, okay. but I honestly do wonder if maybe he did break his dick one time and that's why he needed the rod in it to mm. get hard. I I feel like I have heard of that. Yeah. That there's like I, a thing that helps Like something get had to happen yeah, yeah. for that to happen, right? Mm, I don't know. I, there's a book, by the way, that's written by a guy who broke his dick. That's all about him breaking his dick. What's it called? I don't know, but I, I will broke look my it up. dick. Do you want to Google it right now? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I do not. Wow. Okay, I want to get into your situation. Okay. So I'm going to tell you basically some of my issues with dating. Okay. And what I experience in my head, and I want to get your opinion on how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. So this has to do with not only the guy in San Diego, but a lot of other guys that I've met. Okay. And I am big on attachment theory, mm -hmm. which we will do an episode on that. Oh boy. I can't wait. Okay. But attachment theory, you have three attachment styles. There's anxious, secure, and avoidant. Yes. So. And there's anxious avoidant. And then there's anxious avoidant, which I think I am. Oh, I think I am. And so I think. <laughs> We're both like the worst one. I think that's why mm. I am horrible at dating because mm. I think I'm anxious avoidant. So here's what happens. I meet someone that I like. Mm -hmm. There's connection. There's chemistry. But there's things I'm uncertain about. So I immediately go into like, well, I don't know if this would work. And I don't know if this would work. And I start overthinking it. And then something happens where I feel a disconnection, whether they didn't do something the way that I would have appreciated it, or mm. maybe they didn't feed into my love language, or maybe I said something I needed and they didn't give that to me, or something happens. And it could be within the first week. It could be within a couple weeks. And I immediately feel a disconnection and I feel like I'm not attracted to the person anymore. Mm. I feel like I don't want to be around the person. I feel like I want to run. So then I communicate to that person. I don't say those things, but mm -hmm. I say, hey, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling kind of disconnected right now. These are the things I'm feeling. Like I need assurance and I don't feel like you're offering that to me. And so obviously for most men, like 95% of men, that's not what they want to hear. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of information. But immediately after I talk to them about it, I feel better. better. Yes. I feel better yes. and I feel connected again. Mm -hmm. Well, then what's happened though is I've hurt this guy's ego mm -hmm. and there's probably insecurities that have been brought up within this guy. So I'm ready to move forward, but then they become more avoidant because I've already showed signs of wanting to run because I feel like I'm a runner, right? Mm. And so what I need at that point is I need them to pursue me and be like, hey, listen, I wanna see you again. I mm -hmm. wanna schedule a date with you. I'm free Wednesday night. Can I take you out Wednesday night? And then that's all I need. That's all mm -hmm. I need for mm -hmm. assurance. And then, you know, every day, like just check in. Hey, how are you doing? How's your day? But because of that initial conversation where I felt disconnected and I communicated that, what has happened is these guys pull away and then my anxious behavior kicks in so hard because they're now being avoided. Yep. And so I have anxiety, I panic, I become clingy. Yep. And then they're like, I can't deal with you. Yeah. This is all too much. And mm. this could be in one week. Yeah. This could be all in one week. Yeah. And then I feel bad about myself mm -hmm. because it's like, why I can't, like I've been in therapy for 
four and a half years, why can't I get like a handle on this? Yeah. You know? Hmm. So it's, yeah, I know it brings tears to my eyes a little bit, but I just, I don't know if what I need is for someone to be understanding with that mm -hmm. or if it's just that I need like more therapy or mm -hmm. is it my gut saying this person isn't the right person mm -hmm. or should I just wait for someone who I can have these conversations with and then they can be like hey listen I hear you like I am I'm understanding you and um like take the time that you need mm -hmm. and then maybe is secure enough to be able to move forward i yeah. don't know so i'm just curious you know because it it makes me feel like something's wrong with me yeah. like my like i'm broken within the dating process because this is a cycle mm. like every mm -hmm. time this mm -hmm. is a cycle so i don't i don't know how to fix it so i'm just curious mm. what your opinion is on that wow oh thank you for sharing that I, one i can i feel like i relate to that in a lot of ways I think it's so common for there to be sort of like this short circuit thing that kind of gets thrown in, right? Where the connection is feeling good and it's that good feedback loop and stuff. And then all of a sudden there's like a short in the system, right? That's something that me and my therapist have talked about a lot in my past relationships and things like that. Quick disclaimer, I'm not a licensed mental health professional, yeah. right? I have a degree, but I'm not licensed. Um, but let me say that the therapy I go to comes from a framework of one of the sort of tenets or ideas is like whenever something happens and we have a reaction to it that is really big and strong and intense and, and kind of like bigger than whatever the thing that was said, that that should be a, a clue to us that it's like hitting some part of us, some wound or pain or something like that, that's usually reminiscent of something from our past, right? That's usually something either from childhood or from a really difficult previous relationship or something. I think even the things that are from a previous relationship, it actually sort of started in childhood, right? Like mm -hmm. that is kind of an echo that's getting played out. Now, so what I would say to you is like, in that moment where you start to feel that like, oh no, I feel disconnected, I feel scared, I want to run. In that moment, like, can you get curious about that? Instead of going like, oh no, or instead of just being overtaken by it, of like, oh, I gotta send this text, and like, we need to talk about this right now, and like, so rather than just reacting to it, and rather than trying to push it away, or being like, oh no, I'm feeling this thing again, just allow it, accept it, and go, well, what, what, what is the thought here? Like, what is the thing that happened? And now, like, what, why am I wanting to run? Like, what, what are the, the things that my mind is telling myself about the situation and this other person? And then that might give you some clues to either, you know, with your therapist or, or just within yourself, like, figure out how to self-soothe some of that, right? So that, that's one piece of it, right? I think there's, like, a bigger, like, long-term work part. The second piece, I would say, is I, I think there's some not super complicated things of thinking about how you can communicate that because I totally hear what you're saying and as I'm putting myself in like both people's shoes in the situation, you know, it's it's one thing, especially if the person on the other end feels like you're saying like, hey, you didn't do this thing right. Like, you know, or I, I didn't like this thing you did. So now that feels like a criticism. And then 
people don't respond to criticism with like, oh, I really like you, like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come mm-hmm. here. They kind of respond by sort of getting a little defensive or closing off or whatever. And then that's only exacerbating what you're saying. So I wonder what it would be like to try to say, hey, this may be silly. I just, I know I'm going to feel better just when I tell you, right? I'm getting a little like worried and self-conscious because of this thing that happened. And I know it's a small thing. And then just like also naming what you need, like at that point, right? And saying like, I'm not asking you to explain. I'm not trying to be critical. I just want to let you know that like, I'm kind of digging what's happening between us. And this little thing like freaked me out. And like, what would be awesome is like, if you could tell me like, hey, like, I really want to see you again. Would love to like talk about this more and like try to understand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So kind of like lay it out for them. You know? Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting to that point where there are pieces of that that I'm doing. Like all, mm-hmm. like in what you're saying, the biggest feedback that I get is the guy says, I, wow, I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously I don't want anybody to feel like they're doing it because that's not what I'm trying to convey. Yeah. And it's more of like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just like, this is kind of what I need. So what I've been doing almost at the beginning of stages, I've been saying, hey, listen, like, I want you to know, like, I, do, I deal with anxiety when I date people. Mm. And something that really helps me. That's like your version of like, I have a rat in my penis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just want to get this on the table i have a broken nervous system <laughs> i need a rod in my vagus nerve oh nice look at you with the vagus nerve <laughs> yeah and so what i'll say is it really helps me to receive reassuring texts mm. or it really helps me to have dates planned but i'm not getting anyone who's following through with those requests yeah. so Either that person is avoidant mm-hmm. because I've noticed I am drawn to avoidant men. Mm. I have been my entire life or I've just killed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. So it well, was- and, and there's, there also may be a thing happening, right? Where you are a sort of confident, outgoing woman and you can be very like, effervescent and even you know you talked about like even with all of your friendships and relationships like you're texting back right away and so if that's how things start out and then you get scared and you're like oh i want you to be texting me like there can be maybe the person just unprepared for that Mm -hmm. and just like oh well you have been texting me and like Mm -hmm. i I thought that was fine Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah and so i I think maybe it feel it can feel a little unexpected or or maybe like criticism or whatever i mean i but i i think i mean i think it's the two things i think it's continuing to see how you can communicate that from a place of authenticity in a way that can be received and maybe maybe doing that isn't even like hey this thing upset me or whatever but maybe just rather than unpacking the thing, like saying like, hey, I'm excited to hang out with you. Like, again, like, how are you feeling about that? You know, and just kind of mm-hmm. like inviting some of that reassurance. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I think the other thing is, yeah, how do you self-soothe and how do you because I feel like we talked about this earlier. That's the scariest thing in relationships is when you start to really like someone and really let yourself get excited and let yourself sort of get attached to them or like be like, oh, I really hope this goes somewhere. And once you get to that place, then all of these deep-seated insecurities and fears 
and times we've been hurt in the past start like roaring up to the surface in ways that like don't even make sense. You know, like it's like the littlest thing that's not even this thing, but it, it hits some part of you that it's like, oh no, like here it is again, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's continuing to do that work in therapy and it's in the moment, can you take a breath can you recognize like, oh, I, f-, you know, and like grounded in your body, right? Like you're a yoga teacher, like, oh, I feel this, the tightness and like, you know, I'm all tense and, and my heart's beating fast or, or whatever it is for you. I'm um, going go, well, what, what's happening? What am I feeling? What am I actually scared of? What do I need in this moment? And I would say in those moments, like when you, f- if you can catch yourself feeling that and have that awareness, don't touch the phone, you know, give yourself like a hour, two hours or whatever, like do something like let me go take olive on a walk you know something that's going to kind of clear your head give you some perspective and then you know i like literally set an alarm and then when the alarm goes off be like okay well what do i want to say mm-hmm. you know because it if you're able to do that what you then say could be like way different mm-hmm. from what you would just blast off in that yeah. moment yeah know? i think that's really great advice thank you yeah you're welcome yay for me <laughs> yeah so anyway that's it's just it's frustrating, but... Well, but so that, that was my other thing I was going to ask you. And I think this is like, uh, I think maybe it's sort of talking about the same issue, which is you go down to San Diego, you go on this date. And of course, like going from here to San Diego is like two hours and you get... The, so it's like a little bit more of a production. So I think that amps up expectations a little bit. And I know for me, right, whenever you go on that first in-person date, you get a little bit excited. But I know also for me, like the longer I've done that, the more I'm able to be like, well, you know, who knows, right? And and try to keep keep that in check, like keep the expectations realistic. Yeah, I, I don't think that's my issue. Yeah. I have done so much online dating now yeah. that I am able to, like I was more so just excited to go down to San Diego to go down to San Diego. Yeah. I was fully expected, like if there was no chemistry, I was just going to, Go do my own thing. Well, and like, okay, but so so this is my question. Did that feel okay to you? Because what I felt good about when I was dating is, and it didn't happen until probably a couple years ago where I got to a place, especially with like online dating and stuff like that, where when I would go on the first date, nine times out of 10, right? There's not a real connection there. But I would just be like, oh, this person was a nice person. We had a pleasant conversation. And it wouldn't like feel bad to me. You know, I would be like, well, okay. And then I'd sort of send the text that's like, hey, you seem really nice, wasn't really feeling a connection, blah, blah, blah. But I'm wondering, like, either in this recent San Diego date or just in general, like, are you able to be like, well, like, that was, you know, had a nice conversation with a nice person and, like, no harm done? Or, or do you walk away, like, feeling kind of, like, crappy? No, I mean, I think... So this is what's interesting, is I wasn't even sure I liked this guy. Hmm. When I first met him and he, I think he felt more interested in me mm-hmm. than I did in him. But then he grew on me. How? Well, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it. Okay. Yeah. Like, but like, so, like on the date. Yeah. Well, because it was like a 24 hour date. Yeah. Okay. So as you spent time together and he was charming mm-hmm. and you sort of saw him in his element and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And to be honest, that's how I'd prefer it to be because I don't want it to be this instant spark, passionate connection because that usually doesn't work out. And I've been there, done that. So Mm -hmm. I prefer for it to grow 
and mm-hmm. build a, a connection that way. So so it's interesting that I went from not sure to like, okay, I really like him and then felt the disconnection and then needed to pull back. So I talked about that mm-hmm. and then I was ready to go forward. Well, then he was not. And yeah. then there was that cat and mouse chase. And yeah. then we just decided to just, you know. Yeah. I think it's not that I'm not upset that I'm not with this guy. Yeah. That's not what I'm upset about. Yeah, of course. I'm upset because I don't know how to date like a normal person. (laughs) Well, I see. I don't think there's any such thing. But I I think the thing is maybe to reframe that in a less judgy way (laughs) on yourself, right, is that there's something that's happening early on that's hitting a really raw and vulnerable spot in you. And that when that part gets triggered and then the result is the relationship or courtship ends, then like that feels shitty. And of course that feels shitty. And the scariest thing and the worst thing, and and this is like so, so much therapy I've gone to in my life has been about this is like, when I don't, I feel like I don't understand it. When like Mm -hmm. something is happening inside me emotionally that like my head is like, no, why is this happening? And the way I've tried to sort of deal with that in my life is like doing a lot of therapy where you're actually going back into and talking about and trying to trace back, like where is this coming from and talking about the childhood stuff and almost like with trauma, like the thing is reintegration. So you almost have to go back into the painful place where some of this may have started mm-hmm. to then like move through it. You yeah, know? I, I mean, I, I think, oh my gosh, this intro is so long. This is so, <laughs> we're going like so deep. I, I mean, maybe I know this, this is, is so just deep. like the episode. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll close this topic with this, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is. And it's because I've experienced so much loss in my life. Mm. And this is one of the reasons I entitled the podcast hello and goodbye it's because you meet these people Mm -hmm. and they become a part of your life for however long they're all you think about you text them and then they're gone yeah and because i've experienced sorry you guys i this is heavy stuff for me but because i've experienced so much loss and really intense loss in my life I think that I get so afraid of losing people. Mm -hmm. And so I don't allow myself to get attached. So that's the disconnection. Mm -hmm. And then I get attached. And then I'm afraid of the loss. So when the person is pulling back, I'm clinging to the loss when it's not even about the person. It's more about the idea of, of losing something again. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing, right? When I say like, get curious about what those thoughts are and like what really is triggering the part of you that's like really upset and really touched by this, right? It sounds like what that one thing that that voice is saying is like, like, don't go, like, don't leave me, right? And what's so interesting, and and this is the paradox of development and how, you know, we all struggle with the things we struggle with is you've had so much loss in your life, right? You've had a lot of like relationships begin and end. So on one hand, like you would think that would make you the best person to be able to cope with like, oh, okay, see you later. Here's another one, Mm -hmm. right? But yet it's not that. And my 
sort of outlook, and there are different schools and beliefs on this, but my outlook and the therapy I do says, well, it's probably not that. You're not able to be sort of normalized to this and super healthy and okay with it because that like young part of you that was so hurt by that, like is that's what's getting sort of triggered every time. Like that little girl who's like, oh no, what's going to happen if this person leaves, right? Mm -hmm. And the adult you is probably like, what is happening, right? Like why is this so upsetting? Mm -hmm. And... And it's about sort of understanding like, well, okay, what, what is it for that little girl? And, and how do we actually get to her? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds super <laughs> but... Okay, so here's how we're going to I just would like to say on behalf of myself and the listening audience, thank you for being strong and courageous and sharing your vulnerability with us. I appreciate it. That is the definition of strength. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate it. You know, I do want you guys to be on this journey with me and like this is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast because I I fucking suck at dating and Mm. and this is why and and so part of this is not just to empower you guys through things that I've learned but also like I want to be held accountable for my growth Mm. within this process oh I dig that Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah like having a gym buddy who's like Get up, we're going to the gym. But it's like, yeah, I'm, but it's I'm, like a, a random audience. Of- <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I appreciate Jared's friendship. And oh, he, he's been there a lot for me throughout all the years. And so we'll transition now into friendships and maybe dating your friends. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll start off with the elephant in the room. The listeners probably want to know if you and I have ever dated. We have not dated. We've never dated. Yeah. We have never made out. Nope. We've never even held hands. That's true. We've never been physical in the least amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been very platonic. Yes. There's a lot of closeness in our relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's always felt very like healthy. Like, you know, there's never been like this, ooh, like, where is this going? Or I've never, I mean, hopefully you've never felt for me that I've sort of like, trying to see like oh would you go for something with me and i've never felt that i've never felt like any kind of pressure yeah no i don't i don't feel like that and well and that's good because you and i met well i was married yes you know and i was with somebody well not for very long (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about well let's start first with friends with benefits okay because i think I have tried a friends with benefits situation. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have, and I kind of want to talk about, so you and I have not had a friends with benefits situation. And I think that's a good thing because I don't think we would be friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. So my opinion is that I just don't think it's a good idea. Mm. And I think it's because of the way that our brains wire when we have sex. Mm. And we talked about this on our, which I don't, I don't remember know. which episode it was, Doesn't but matter. that the von- the intimacy. Yeah, the I like oxytocin is the hormone that gets released. That yeah. yes, that for women it's like makes them want to make babies, and yeah. for men, it makes them want to have more sex. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's actually like a really we understand some of how it works, not all of how it works, but yeah. I mean, the women a- do respond differently to the chemical. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I think maybe it works for some people. I think the it's such a tightrope walk that 
one person's not going to get more attached than the other or want things to become something more. That being said, like I think when two people are in a situation, sometimes there's no use sort of like fighting the inevitable. Like sometimes that's just where the thing is going. I, I just think people should go into those things with their eyes open, which is that there's a pretty high likelihood of like one person saying, that was cool, but now I'm ready to end it. And the other person's like, no, 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 this is great. Or one person saying like, yeah. actually, this is so great. Like, now let's be together. And the other person's like, no, 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 I'm not there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's so likely that at some point there'll be two different pages there. Yeah, and I think especially if you've already had a friendship for so many years, I would say absolutely don't go there. Mm. Like, if you're just wanting to be like, hey, we're friends, we're platonic, let's just hook up. Like, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. If you meet someone and you guys are kind of like buddies for like a week and a half or two weeks or whatever, and you're like, hey, you know, let's try and try. I think that's different. Yeah. And I think sort of asking yourself, like, am I just lonely or am I just horny? Yes. <laughs> like, right. And, you know, this person is here. Here's another thing that happens all the time, right, is where one person goes, I really like you. And the other person goes, let's just be friends. And I have very strong beliefs about this part because I think there's ways to do that where everyone's clearly communicating and having integrity, and that's great. Because I've been on both sides of that coin, right? I've been the one who's like been like sort of desperately in love with the person who only wants to be my friend. Mm -hmm. And I've also been in that situation where I had someone that I really valued the friendship, and I know that they just really like constantly hoped that this would turn into something romantic. And I think my rule with that situation is that if you're the person who's saying like, no, let's just be friends, then it's your job to hold the boundaries to friendship boundaries. Because mm -hmm. when you have this other person who's super in love with you, that feels really nice. Mm -hmm. And that feels good for your ego. And they're going to do like super nice things for you. And they're going to like, you know, make all these like special gestures and like, look, I got you like your favorite food or whatever. And like, when you're seeing that stuff and or when you're seeing that, like, this is really kind of hurting this person. Like, I, I know that they're telling me, trust me, it's fine. I don't want to lose your friendship, like, blah, blah, blah. But I actually see that it's hurting them. Then I think you have an obligation to sort of put some more distance. There. I agree with that. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, in short, I don't think friends with benefits is a good idea. Uh, I have had situations where I was attracted to someone. We kind of, I knew that there wasn't a future there. And I kind of talked to him about, hey, like, I like you. I like hanging out with you. I don't really see a romantic future, but I'm attracted to you. Do you want to make out for a little bit? And then I realized that that person was starting to get attached to me mm. and I wasn't really feeling it. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just be friends. Yeah. And that worked out fine. See, that's cool, right? That's exactly what I was saying is like when you notice there's the imbalance there and you're like, wait, this person clearly wants something I don't want. Then let's put a stop to mm -hmm. this. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so let's say you're friends with someone and you develop actual feelings for them. Yeah. How would you go about that in terms of communicating that with them? Like, let's say you develop your friends with someone and you want to date them, you like them. How would you go about talking to them? I say straightforward is best, right? Hey, I don't know how you feel about this. I really appreciate our friendship, 
but I do feel like an attraction to you, and I wonder if there could be something more, and what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't know. That's my answer. What's okay, your answer? Okay, so, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think... <laughs> I think depending on your courage level, a text is fine. Yes. Because it gives the person time to think about yes, the Yes, totally agree. Yeah, when I say straightforward, I'm like saying, say it plainly. Yes. Don't just kind of hint. Yeah, or- I, I, yeah, I would just be like, hey, listen, like I have been starting to feel these things. I don't know if we're on the same page. Yep. If you are, would you be interested in going on a date? Yeah. You know, and you know, my ex-husband we were friends first Mm -hmm. and I actually didn't really like him at first and then we became friends and then I started liking him and then he liked me but I didn't know he liked me and it was like just this really cute courtship and then we went off to summer camp and we did the whole summer camp thing together and you weren't supposed to date at summer camp so he never asked me out and then one day I was like do you like me? (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did it like that. That's so perfect. How old were you, by the way? 19. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, do you like me? And he was like, yeah, of course. He was like, I was just waiting because we're not supposed to be like dating here. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, fuck these rules. Yeah. And so then we we started. Let's go make it happen. Then we started dating and then ultimately got married to him. So to be honest, that's really the only experience that I have of being friends first. We were friends first and then we got married and then obviously that didn't work out. I think something that's also very true here to acknowledge is that sometimes there is, there's real like intimacy and closeness in friendship, right? And those intimacy, closeness feelings, a lot of times we associate with romantic relationships and, and they're like sort of adjacent in our brains to like attraction and stuff like that. And so I had one of my best friends in my life who is a gay woman who was like definitely an out gay woman when we met, but like we had such a instant connection and like so much fun with each other and just got each other on this deep level that even despite that like we both knew like she's a gay woman and I'm a straight man, like we both for a minute were like, wait a minute, like am I like in love with this person? Like what is going on? You know? And so sometimes, you know, I think it's, I want to just normalize that like that can feel confusing and that's okay. I I do think it is hard for opposite sex to have platonic friendships. Mm -hmm. I do think it's really hard. I think very often the, is someone attracted to someone else or is there something here will get in the Mm -hmm. way. I'm a weirdo. I am totally abnormal in that I have a sister who's one year older, so we were very close in age growing up, and I was a sensitive little boy who cried a lot. I'm a sensitive man. And so a lot of my close friendships are with women. Mm -hmm. And so it's not been difficult for me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know that I'm weird and atypical in that way. I think the way our culture socializes men, again, is that like, Part of being manly is sexual conquest and stuff like that. And that if if a woman likes you and feels comfortable with you, then like you should be trying to sleep with her or something like that. So I think for both, and I guess I don't want to make this too gendered, but for both men and women, it's, yeah, I get why. Mm-hmm. It can be hard and, and that piece can get in the way. Well, and I think for me, I, and again, this is going back <laughs> into all of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> I have, through my life, just, there's been so many 
times where I don't feel special. So when I feel special, I bond with that person. Mm. And so for me, when I have a good guy friend and that person is making me feel special, then I'm like, oh, <laughs> they must like, like me. This is what I've been looking yeah, for. Yeah, this they must like me because yeah. they think I'm special. And and <laughs> what was that? My phone fell off the couch. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, and that's what I want. I mean, I've had some platonic male friendships. You're definitely the closest Mm. male friend I've ever had. I mean, I have my guy friend, but he's gay. Mm -hmm. And he lives in New York and I love him to death. So that's mm -hmm. obviously a very platonic. And we've never had a moment where we thought we were in love <laughs> with each other. <laughs> I would not be his type. That should, okay. Okay, so you you fall for your friend. Yep. You text them. Yep. They don't reciprocate. What do you do now? I think then the thing is, Figure out what you need to do to take care of you. And my number one suggestion here would be boundaries, mm -hmm. right? It's that chase your chase dynamic. So like, if we're like, hey, I like you. And the other person's like, I don't feel the same way. Then the first instinct is like, no, no, no. Like, let me win you over. Mm -hmm. And to just keep, you know, to pursue that and, and keep being around them and whatever. And just, oh, I, I, okay, I'm fine. We'll just be friends. But like, let's hang out tonight. Right. And, and I think recognizing that that's probably going to keep you stuck in this sort of painful mm -hmm. place and just going, okay, thank you for saying that, like, blah, blah. And you don't even have to say anything to the other person, but just for yourself, mm, I'm going to take some time and not be around this person a lot until I can sort of take care of myself and not feel like I'm in this really vulnerable, needy mm -hmm. place or, or this place of feeling rejected or this place of feeling like every time I see you, I want to be with you and it hurts me that I can't. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, absolutely. I think basically the faster you can move on. What allows you... <laughs> you like immediately get under someone else. <laughs> Just no. kidding. But yeah, so if that person says, I'm not feeling it, like do yourself a favor and move on from that person. Yes. Don't try and be like, well, they'll change their mind. They won't. They, they're not gonna change their mind. And, and I, if they do change their mind, then it's only gonna be temporary. And then like, after you hook up a couple times, they'll be like, actually, I don't. I mean, I've heard of cases though, where there have the guy sure, and the girl true. have been friends for true. years and years and years. And it's kind of back and forth. One person likes the other person and then the other, yeah. and then they end up married. Yes. So that is possible. But the far more typical way it works out <laughs> is what so I'm saying. Basically don't live your life like the two people that that has happened to. <laughs> well, just, I mean, just be aware and take care of yourself, right? And know that you may lose the friendship and, and that's maybe okay. Like you'll find other friendships mm -hmm. and that, you know, that may be the healthiest thing actually. Mm -hmm. and, and just know that if you're, again, like I said, with kind of trying a friends with benefits thing, like go into it with your eyes open. Well, and I think with any of these situations, let's say you contact the friend and they are like, okay, yeah, let's give it a shot. You have to be prepared to lose that person as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's okay, too. And sometimes you lose them as a friend temporarily. So this is the same thing when I said at the, at the top of the show of, like, what about friend relationships that turn into friendships? So you may lose a person as a friend, but that actually may only be temporary where, you know, both people get over either feeling hurt or rejected or just feeling awkward and worrying about if the other person still likes them, mm -hmm. right? Time does heal wounds. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe six months, a year down the line or whatever it is, you can come back together and resume a really nice friendship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way it works 
having friendships with people after you've been in a relationship, mm-hmm. regardless of how it started. Mm-hmm. I think you always need that time to be like, we need to separate from each other and sort of heal from the loss and, you know, the whatever. And then then down the line, maybe we can reconnect, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm still friends with a number of exes and that's how it's always been like you need to have that period Mm -hmm. and then when you reconnect like you need to be cognizant of boundaries see i don't i'm just not i'm not friends with any of my exes yeah i don't i mean like and i don't i don't i don't know how i feel about it yes i mean some people i would have i would have an issue if i dated someone and they're talking to their exes all the time yeah i don't talk to my exes all the time (laughs) wait you don't wake up to five good mornings (laughs) good morning good morning (laughs) that would be terrifying um but i think but so yes i agree with that what do you mean by friends you just mean like you're cordial yeah so you guys aren't like going out and getting a drink no there's people in my life that like hmm good question probably not as much anymore but yeah i mean i have some exes in my life where we'll talk on the phone every couple months and like really how you doing yeah sure Oh, see, that's odd to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it probably is to a lot of people. I don't know. Yeah. But see, okay. So, again, boundaries, super important. I agree with you that it's weird. And if it was like we're texting all the time, then I think that would prevent both people from actually building emotional closeness with another person. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think, I, I think that is bad. But I also believe like anybody that I've ever loved, I still love them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can know that we shouldn't be together and still love you and still want the best for you. Like, even people that I've felt tremendously hurt by, mm-hmm. like, that I feel deeply wounded by, I'm still like, well, I'm going to manage who you are to me in my life because I don't want to keep being in this hurt, painful place. But I also will never not want the best for you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm not saying like I, and by, when I say my exes, I have like two. (laughs) (laughs) I have my ex-husband and one ex-boyfriend. But I mean, essentially anybody you date, you're in some sort of relationship with them at some point. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend, but like they're an ex in the way that we were talking for a month and then they're not in my life anymore. So I don't know. Well, and and I think, I, I think there's an equation here on like, how how close were you and how much of your lives did you share in a cool way and like divided by maybe like how how painful and hurtful the separation yeah, was right so if you were in each other's lives for a long time and the separation was like relatively amicable and you both took time and healed and everything like that then that's someone who you're like this i remember gloria steinem came and spoke at a university i was working at and she's this feminist activist who was 80 years old at the time and she was a badass she was awesome and one of the things she said that i was like yes a freshman girl asked her like what would you what advice would you give yourself when you were my age and she kind of said like don't waste your time on the jealousy stuff she said a few things and as she was talking about that piece you know and being possessive in relationships she was like when you get to my age, which is 80, by the way, and then the whole crowd cheered, you know, woo. She was like, your ex-lovers kind of become like your family because you've shared things with them 
that you've shared parts of yourself that you haven't, you know, like you've shared your lives together in this really deep, intimate, beautiful, profound way. Mm -hmm. And once you get over this whole like, oh, you rejected me or, you know, because like possessiveness and jealousy stuff is all like ego bullshit. You know, what Gloria Steinem seemed to be saying, and uh, forgive me if I'm misattributing here, or like, I don't know, not capturing what she meant. But what it seemed to me that she was saying was like, these people are like important in your life. And you can have these really beautiful, fulfilling, like friendships and almost familial relationships mm -hmm. with them, you know. So, okay, so let's just... But that's maybe when you're 80. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, that, and it's a little bit of a different topic, but let's just kind of circle back to like, we're talking maybe friends first dating and then there is a possibility so what you're friends. saying is you're there's a possibility you can be friends with your ex yes okay <laughs> you're like i'm not convinced that was a very Let's long rabbit rail yeah. or rabbit rabbit rail rabbit hole rabbit hole rabbit trail rabbit trail that's not a rabbit trail isn't a thing yes it is yeah no you go down the rabbit hole that's an alice in wonderland reference. you get on the rabbit trail no oh <laughs> listeners right in did we... Oh, no, wait. We haven't heard. Okay. We haven't heard yet. I was going to say we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything. I was anything. like, who's funnier? Have we figured that out? <laughs> we will still pull who's funnier. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to just wrap it up now. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay. So make sure to follow us on Instagram. Rate and review. Wait, hold on. I got to say what our Instagram <laughs> handle is. It's at hello. Look, you said we're wrapping it up. At goodbye podcast. My new handle on Instagram oh. is underscore Leanna Joan. Okay. Don't worry about following Jared. Yep. Twitter is hello underscore by underscore pod. Mm -hmm. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We're on Spotify. You can find us on any other podcast platforms. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.